This is Working the Beat. It is Thursday, April 16, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us as we talk about an one week before the NFL draft, which is the sole thing right now on the sports calendar, although we're starting to get some indications that some of these leagues are uh, making some serious plans. And we'll, Mike and I will talk about it here in the first segment. Then our guest, Colleen Wolf uh, from NFL Network will join us. Colleen is the host, the studio host of Thursday Night Football on Fox, uh, the Fox NFL Network tie-in. She's also the host of Good Morning Football Weekend. Also a Drexel alum, a former Comcast Sportsnet alum, and a former Channel 29 alum. So we'll talk to Colleen about everything with the NFL and getting ready for the draft uh, as we get started. Mr. Kern, how are you? We're, we're fine. Um, we're like Seinfeld. We're a show about nothing. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I mean, really. I, you know, I, I'm amazed. I, you know, you listen to – sometimes when I get out, I listen to some talk radio – you watch, and, and these shows on TV have to figure out a way to go on. In fact, it was funny. I was looking last night because Pardon the Interruption hasn't been on, but I saw Pardon the Interruption was on. It's a segment now. Oh, okay. But they, they had it in a half-hour block. Yep. And I was going to tune in to see what it was, but I forgot. And then I, you know, I forgot. Yeah, it's like, it's like a 15-minute segment now. And what do they talk about? Basically, whatever the headline of the day is. Um, okay, okay. You know, like that, that's that's one of my favorite shows. I like that show. Um, but it's it's. I heard somebody like putting it. You know, we become so. I'm 62 today. You're you're what? You're about 20 years younger than me. Basically. I'm 46. Yeah. Okay. What close? Um, sports becomes such a rhythm of our lives, among other things. Mm-hmm. And then when it's not there, you know, not that I depend on sports. You know, I. I'm okay, but you just you just get used to it. You know, I'm not the biggest hockey person in the world, but, you know, when the hockey playoffs would be going on right now, I'd be following them. I'd be tuning into ESPN to see what happened or, you know, whatever. Baseball would have started. The NBA playoffs would have been about, I guess, getting ready to start, and we would have had a lot of intrigue about the, the Sixers right. in this town. And, you know, now there's nothing. Um, You know, I, I thought it was real interesting. Yeah, you tell me if I'm nuts or not. So the vice president meets with the the um, the commissioners of these big football conferences. Yeah, that was actually going to be my first topic. But go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. Good segue. Yeah. And um, <laughs> basically, the new, the news that came out of this is that they said to him, "Until our campuses are back, we really can't like go there." No. Then had to tell the vice president this. Like like. I know we're in such a hurry to get back to what we think is normal. I, I understand that. I'm not stupid. You know, some people like McCutcheon came out today, I think, and said something like, yeah, I don't want to play in, in, in empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. Well, get used to it because you ain't going to be playing in front of real stadiums. Well, um, if there's no Temple University on campus in the first week in September, why should the football team be playing football? Well, and, and let me let me let me get to a little bit of this new the news, and some of it happened yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, Rob Manfred uh, talked to the Associated Press, talked to Ron Blum of the Associated Press about um, 
kind of where baseball is at this point as they wait for the go-ahead from government and health officials. Obviously, they were given a um, they were given a welcome by Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, to take part of their uh, whatever this could be and do it in Florida. And they kind of you did. mean the governor that just the governor just deemed wrestling essential? Yeah, he had deemed all pro sports essential. Okay. Um, and they kind of gave a thanks, but we're not sure yet, which was almost taken as a thanks, but no thanks um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, but Manfred said, I think it's incumbent upon us to turn over every stone to play games in 2020 if, there any, if there's any way we can in the environment. And so, he's correct. Yeah. He's correct. And yes. one of the ideas, we've talked about the difficulty of playing in Arizona in July and August. They're kind of at the point of, you know what? We may be able to back it up August maybe even in the August and play into November and December because the August weather or the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Arizona weather gives you an option sure. that you don't Absolutely. normally have. But so they're getting creative football, then, here. But you could be going against football. You could be. Uh, maybe. Um, maybe you just don't play Sundays. You hate saying it that way, but. It just strikes me. And I, Kevin, these people are all doing what they should be doing. Mm-hmm which is trying to figure out ways that maybe – and look, you know the, 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 it's going to come down very shortly that we're going to reopen. Yeah. Whether it's full reopening. Could be 6 o'clock tonight. I mean, you know, there's a press conference before that's we – That's fine. Yeah. And that, I, that's too soon, but that, that's okay. It's be, and I don't it says know guidelines. Right. But you know people are going to violate the guidelines because sure. that's what people do. They had a, a protest in Michigan. Think about this. Mm-hmm. They had a protest in Michigan about yesterday. This. About this. Michigan is the third highest state in the country in either uh, viruses or deaths, one or the other. Right. And yet the people are protesting the governor that she's that she's being too restrictive. I, I, I don't. And the people who were protesting didn't have masks on. You know, they, they were just no. out there. That's fine. You know what? Do what you want to do, people. I'll stay in my house. I'll do what I want to do. But when your rights impede on other people's rights, then there's a problem. And how, right. how we solve that problem, I'm not 100% sure. Like the PGA Tour said, I think they're starting June 10th, June 12th, whatever, in Colonial and Dow- Dallas. Um, first four tournaments back four will words, not. I'm sorry. Four, yes. First four tournaments will not have crowds. And and I, I commend them for saying that. And mm-hmm. maybe it's the first eight tournaments. And maybe it's, you know, there's going to be all kinds of things in this. The PGA might get moved from San Francisco. We don't know. The governor of San Francisco or of California might say, you can't have people with that event. Well, and that, and that was the yeah. other bit of news was the fact that the, um, and we'll ask Colleen about this, but basically the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti said, right. he doesn't see any events, concerts, sporting big events, events, big, big, events. big events going on right. before 2021, which is something. Do you, think, do you think he's wrong? No, I'm just saying it's going to be fascinating. They not no. But it's amazing that a lot of people are saying, not just, a lot of people seem to be saying that it really isn't feasible to think much in the way of events, like you're saying, before 2021. They're just saying that as a common sense kind of thing. That doesn't mean it's going to be true or untrue. Mm -hmm. But why is that so difficult for people to kind of grasp? And I know a person in Idaho might not grasp that. I understand that, but why would we risk having a a a, a re outbreak of this 
And in the fall, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, some people are predicting it could, it could hit again. Um, why would we put – and if you want to play baseball in an empty stadium and the players are okay with that and their wives are okay with that. Right. And, you know, and, and this notion that Mike Trout should just it, – it's okay. That Mike Trout should not be there for the birth of his first child because he's getting paid $30 million a year. No. That's ridiculous. He's a human being first. He's a baseball player second. Um, but if we want to play events with no people and that gives us some kind of enjoyment and everybody's okay and we're not really risking much, I'm fine with that. And that, that's not a problem. But I don't think the NFL is thinking that. No. And Dr. Anthony Fauci, obviously, yesterday when asked about this on, I believe, a Rolling Stone podcast on Wednesday, um, mentioned the idea that he thinks sports can return. But you yes. can't. But you can't plan on having fans, and that's going to be the for a while. For, for a while, not forever. Yeah. Right. Um. You know, and and, and when you um, hold on, Mike. Oh no, go ahead. When you hear, you know, Jack Swarbrick's the, the athletic director at Notre Dame, and, and Jack Swarbrick pretty much goes, "Look, then at that point, there's no point." You know, and you're hearing more of a drumbeat. Laura Rutledge was on Get Up this morning and said that. She thinks it's more likely that football plays a February through May schedule than they do a September through. And is that feasible? You think? I mean, would people? Would I don't know. See, that would be fascinating. Places like Wisconsin and Ann Arbor and places that get the heavy weather January into February. How you're going to be able to do and this do do, and still draw? During, what do you do during the NCAA men's tournament when you're playing like you know weekends that you're going to take away from college football? Um, let me ask you, th- you this question. If and, and Schwarzberg has a game in Ireland, obviously, you know, real early. That's going to be gone. That that yeah, I can tell you right yeah, now. Brian right. Kelly kind of told me, or not told me, but he told everybody last week, he was on with Mike Tirico, but, um, that, that they were already working on contingencies yeah. for that game. But let's say financially. Right. For, for, take, take the element of playing in an empty stadium, what it means to the kids and whatever. Financially, would they make some of the money back, like, like if you like, well, let's say sure. if college football doesn't play in in the fall, they're making no money. So if they play, they're going to make TV money, right? Um, and if they played, I guess in February, March, April, May, well, they would. And Mike, Mike, you know this. One of the biggest things with college football is at your power fives. So much of your donations from your yeah from your from your alumni or boosters or whatever are there as like things to grease the skids to get good college football tickets. I know at Notre Dame, if right. you want to get like early access to certain games and, and like this year, the biggest game is going to be Clemson at Notre Dame. You got to join the Rockney fund and the Rockney right. fund. You could join for a hundred, 150 bucks, but if there's no incentive to go get college football tickets, how many people are going to in a tight economy, put 100, 150 bucks up just to get access to a college football season. It may not happen. See, I see. I think there will be a lot of people. If, if that's the kind of money you're talking about now, if it's like a hundred thousand, well, you know, I'm talking like those, the, the basic level guy, you know what I mean? I, like I agree, but if who wants maybe one solo game as opposed to season tickets, Yeah, I know, but I think people got to see past that. They have, you know, it, 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 I hope, <laughs> I hope this isn't with us forever. Like, no. you know, I hope we're not talking about the coronavirus in 2023 because we couldn't find a vaccine or something. Um, so 
I think everybody's just got to take the hit and say, yeah, I'm giving my $150, you know, but I'm going to get a ticket next season or I'm going to get a ticket if they play in the spring. You know, they can promise me that much. Um, but to me, part of what makes sports great, and you've been in enough arenas to notice, I've been in enough arenas to notice, it's the atmosphere. It's the, it is. And I think, I think even more so than pro sports. Um, although there's an atmosphere of pro sports also, but think about like, let, let, let's say the Duke, uh, Kentucky game from 92. When nobody There's in the stands. I know. Spectrum that night. I know. You know, it's, it's just be a great game. But Mike, like, Mike, there's going to be certain things they're going to have to do. And, and unfortunately, I, I think this is uh, one of them. All right. When we come back, we'll talk NFL, where the NFL season's going, where the NFL draft's going to be, uh, what it's going to be like, and uh, all sorts of different topics with our good friend Colleen Wolf. We knew her way back when, Michael, when she yes, was working, yeah, when she was working at Daily News Live. Back after this, I'm working the beat. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way? This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working to Beat podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Working to Beat podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Working the Beat podcast family. And joining us now, the pride of Hapro Horsham High School, the pride of Drexel University, formerly of Comcast Sportsnet. And yes, I will use Comcast Sportsnet until the day I die. And Fox Philly. And now uh, the host of uh, Good Morning Football Weekend on NFL Network and Thursday Night Football's pregame show host on site. It's Colleen Wolf. Colleen, how are you? Hello, hello, my friends. What is up? I haven't seen you in a while. I love the prism shirt. You yes, on, thank you. Way. I have a prism shirt on, which means I'm old. Michael? You know, Co- Colleen, you were always a happy-looking person, um, <laughs> but you look so much happier <laughs> on the left coast. I gotta you know, you. it's weird. Um, they have, like, sunshine out here, and, like, plants are alive, and things are blooming. So it's uh, it's really nice out here. I like it. No hoagies, though. No yeah, hoagies. No and hoagies. you know what? The sandwiches here, they suck. I can't get a good one anywhere. Wow. <laughs> That's a bold statement. Uh, I know. I'll stand by it. So, Kyle, what's it like working at NFL Network these days where pretty much you're, everybody's just showing off their, their bookcases in their houses? I know. It's so weird. It is. I mean, it's obviously something that none of us have ever done before. They called me one morning and they were like, hey, what do you think about us putting a camera at your house? And I, we live in a two bedroom apartment, John and I. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. I guess so. We have this like guest room that is basically just used as like a dumping ground for like anything we don't know what to do with because we don't have any storage out here. And so I'm like, that's the perfect place to put it, put it in there. And we have just been like doing all sorts of shows. They have me hosting total access five days a week. They yeah. You're hosting, hosting total access tonight, correct? I am. Yeah. Cause so I heard the promo night. on while I was, Oh, you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, that's right. It's only, it's only one 30. I'm, 
got them. It's only, it's only like. Yes, time zones, okay. Mike. Time zones. I know. I know. Time zones are a weird thing, though. I, I look, didn't realize look, how weird it Look at it, it this way, though. You're covering the one sport that actually has people's attention for, like, real reasons. I mean, I know it's only the draft, but the draft is this year has become, like, the biggest thing in the world. It's like the only thing that's happening yeah. right now that isn't like that isn't the pandemic. And so it's like the one thing that we can all sort of, you know, the draft is, is such an attention grab anyway because of all of the different possibilities that could happen. But now more so than ever this year, I just feel like the magnifying glass on it is, is so much more than it's ever been in the past. And to be honest, I still don't even know how everything exactly is going to work next week. It, well, it's it's sort of like a day-by-day thing. Well, and for you guys, you usually have a big production, you know, obviously around the draft. And you guys were going yeah. to go, you go to Vegas this year, which I'm sure was not a bad deal for you. And now ESPN and NFL Network are doing a combined broadcast I mean, I know Eisen's doing it from his house and Wingo's going to host it from Bristol. I mean, there's a lot moving on the fly here, isn't it? From a TV standpoint. It's sort of like we had the Super Bowl seems like it was years ago at this point, like another lifetime ago. So we had the Super Bowl in Miami and then we were supposed to do the draft in Vegas. And I was like, this is amazing. This is a dream. Like these locations are fantastic. And now, obviously, we will not be in Vegas, which I'm very bummed about. Um, but it's it's sort of like just a rotating cast of there, there's only a few um, hosts and analysts at NFL Network that even have home cams at their house. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that uh, Rich is going to be helping a lot with the fundraising aspect of everything. And I know that, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and Michael Irvin and Kurt Warner are going to be doing a lot of stuff. But it still is like it seems like it's kind of up in the air and everyone is just kind of waiting like okay well what do i have a role like if right. not it's okay I just kind of want to know well no, I, let, let me go ahead. wait a minute kevin for people that might not know what exactly is this fundraising thing because i think it's important this could raise a lot of money what what exactly is going on here yeah so they're going to do basically like a draft a thon and they're going to raise money for covid nineteen relief so uh the money will be able to go to to funds that help essential workers and for people that have been like put out displaced i mean it's it's sort of a multifaceted sort of situation and and Rich, I think, is like the perfect person to do it because mm-hmm. of all of the stuff that he does Rich, for run, St. Rich, Jude's. Run. Right. Yeah, run, Rich, run. So it's sort of like all built in. And, I mean, he's able to, to get a ton of attention on it, which is awesome. Colleen Wolf from NFL Network joins us. Colleen, I, you mentioned Michael Irvin. I mean, you're a Philly person through and through. <laughs> and you share a, a desk with him a lot, especially on well, he's the Thursday on the other night. Side. Okay. <laughs> What's that like for somebody who you're an unapologetic Eagle fan to, to sit that close to a cowboy who tormented Eagle fans for years? <laughs> it, it was, I remember when I first met him, uh, when I first started working at the network, like five years ago, five and a half years ago. And it was a very strange thing because I was like, I grew up hating you, but you seem lovely. Like, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Did he show you all his rings? I, I I've seen a couple, yeah. I've seen a couple. <laughs> but he um 
it's funny because for draft, usually me and him are the hype men on stage. Right. So we did that in Nashville and we did it in Dallas, which I was like, how, this is my worst nightmare. Like <laughs> you're going to drop me in Dallas with Michael Irvin on the stage. How, how is this going to work did, out? Did you do and that in Philly? We, I mean, it's just been fun. You know, it was, I didn't do it in Philly. Um, last minute they had me come up on stage because like somebody couldn't do it. And then they were like, Oh, she could actually, uh, she could actually hold her own doing this. So then they just started <laughs> having me do it on the regular. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was like, I was really looking forward to doing uh, whatever, just, just being crazy on stage with Michael Irvin in Vegas, because I was like, that's going to be an odd situation. Let's see what happens. But uh, now I guess we're just going to be doing it from home. Colleen, has anybody from, we've heard people in the media and Kevin and I are holdups and we're sort of not in the media, we're in the media, but whatever. Has anybody at your network or people that you know in the business come down with this uh, virus and you know i know because i i don't don't think until it impacts somebody we know right you know we really feel like we're vested so right when like everything was hitting the fan uh my producer from uh good morning football weekend the saturday show i do uh one of our main producers got it and he had to be hospitalized and it was really scary because he said that he was having these episodes where for about like five to 10 minutes, he felt like he couldn't breathe. Like he couldn't catch his breath. And he was saying that was happening multiple times a day. And finally he went to the hospital and he had pneumonia in one of his lungs and the whole bit. And he actually, uh, just this past Sunday, Easter, he was able to come out of like isolation at his house and, he was like, I, you know, I, I felt like he was, you know, like locked up in his room for two weeks after he had been in the hospital and everything. And he immediately, I think he dropped 20 pounds right off the bat mm-hmm. just in like the first couple days because he was so, so sick from it. And he was like, it really does kind of like trick you because I felt like I was getting better. And then all of a sudden I had to go to the hospital. And so it's like, that was one that was really close. Um, but obviously, you know, we just found out that uh, the first NFL player tested positive. So the Rams Center, Center right. yeah, has it. And it doesn't sound like his was as bad as um, our producers. But it just seems like it's, it's weird like that. It affects everybody differently, which is like the scary part. And, and you live in L.A., obviously. So the mayor comes out yesterday. And I, I thought he's making sense, but... You know, he doesn't see until 2021, maybe, big events happening, you know, but you have two football teams there. In, in a brand new stadium. But that's in Inglewood. We should point out that's a different jurisdiction. Correct, Colleen? Okay. Yeah. That's, okay. yeah, I but I think that's still L.A. County, or I, I don't. Right. I don't know. LA is like so spread out right. too that it's like it, it often feels like we're different states. Like in <laughs> Philly, it would be like people are living in Delaware or Jersey, but it's right. still Los Angeles. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's interesting because I felt like people here, especially like around me, I felt like everybody took uh, like the whole situation very seriously right off the bat. And I think that's what really helped kind of keep everything in check because we haven't had like too many hotspots and it seems like everyone has been really good and responsible about it. But it is, it, it is so bizarre when 
Like you go outside and there are no cars on the street. Like all the cars are at home and everybody's house. In LA. It's in LA, in LA. <laughs> and the John air is and clean. I went for a drive a couple weeks ago just to like get out of the house and we drove to the Hollywood Hills and we were driving all through. And this was a trip that if you would normally do this, it would take, I don't even know, like three hours to do just because of traffic. It took us like a half hour. And it was like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. People should move here. <laughs> Kyle, the NFL has been pretty good at keeping its schedule to this point. You know, free agency went off without a hitch. Uh, I mean, with a hitch, but not seriously. And that's when it really all started happening. Too. Right. That's when everybody. Like, that was when college basketball happening. was closing down and, and mm-hmm. the NF, uh, the NBA and the NHL were closing down. Yeah. They were able to to kind of keep the draft going, it's different, but they're able to keep it going with the teleconferencing. Although let's see how the execution is on that. The rubber though meets the road when we get to, well, OTAs are gone. Training camp in July is when I guess we'll start to have a better idea whether there's going to be an NFL season in its entirety or whatever. Correct. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's, I think it's something where they're trying to figure out how they would be able to, to to do it because there are scenarios where they could play in empty stadiums there are but but you still have to have some type of stadium workers there so you still have a lot of people and I think until they really can get a good handle on it like I, I think the worst possible thing that could happen is everything could backfire like they they start playing and then people start getting sick again yep. And so I think they really need to tread lightly and make sure they have a very solid concrete plan because the, that's you don't want that to happen if you really start to play. And the schedule comes out in May, but we're, we're hearing the last couple of days is there's wiggle room. I, there was a story in the Washington Post this morning about how there's wiggle room, that basically the first four weeks could be non-divisional games, so you can push that back later or whatever. I, I mean, they have to almost go through every disaster scenario. They do get a couple of weeks at the end of February where if they want to push the Super Bowl back, they could. But, right. I mean, how much room are you going to have here? How much runway could they really have to work? I know, because I was thinking about that today when I was reading the article about how the schedule, I think, is supposed to come out May 9th and how they have all these different scenarios. And when I think about the how complicated it is to put the schedule together in the first place, and now you're at, like, I mean, every year they do those features on, oh, these are the guys that put together the schedule and all of, like, the things that go into it. I can't even imagine the level of difficulty it is now to try and figure out all of these other contingency plans and all of the things that go into it in terms of, like, bye weeks and travel and all of that. And, I mean, who knows? about international games and stuff like that at this point. I mean, that feels like that's completely off the table, but I have no idea. I'm just speculating. Right. But it's, I, I can't, for me, I can't even imagine what this would be like for like the rookies that are coming in too. And for, you know, quarterbacks that have switched teams, different players that have switched teams when you're trying to get a feel for something and like you really can't. And Marcus, like Tom, like Tom Brady, like Tom Brady, right? But Marcus Hayes actually had a good. <laughs> What's he gonna do? Yeah. Marcus Hayes had a good column in the in the Inquirer and Daily News today, which was the Eagles have a huge advantage within their division because you're going to have a returning quarterback and you're going to have a returning head coach, and you're not going to have to have that that break in period that you will with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, assuming Dak doesn't hold out. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and obviously Joe Judge and, and, and you know, the, the whole situation with the Giants and, and the Redskins are a mess anyway. I mean, <laughs> they're, the Eagles, who have not had a great offseason to this point, I don't think, because they've, they've totally ignored wide receiver, and we'll talk about that with the draft. But to me, like, they do have a major advantage here, don't they? Because there's some continuity in their system. Oh, for sure. I think it's probably the worst for the new first-year head coaches. Those teams, I think, are probably at the biggest, have the biggest disadvantage because guys are trying to get in the building and assemble their staffs and get their systems in place and get a lay of the land and all of that stuff. And I think you can only do so much remotely. I think the Eagles, from that standpoint, yeah, they have a good foundation. It's just the other pieces around them that they kind of need to get set. But, I mean wide receiver obviously as you mentioned is a massive glaring need and a, and a problem at this point but beyond that they have a lot of things in place other teams do not mike yeah i'm, I'm just curious as how they're going to screw up the draft <laughs> you know, it was, no, we, we all sat here and we go okay they're going to take whatever wide receivers there because we don't think they can move up or at least not move up very far because they just don't have a lot left to move up with. And now we're hearing all these things about how he wants Lamb. And if they can't get one of the four good, the best, supposedly the best wideouts, they're going to trade out in the first round anyway. So, and we, and knowing how our picks have gone like the last four or five years, I'm not optimistic. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the one good thing that they have going for them with a need at wide receiver is the fact that. This year's class is, is deep. It's just, it's just it's so deep. It's so talented. There are so many studs at that position. But not all of that, them are going to turn out to be good. We know. No, yeah. of course not. Of course and not. Pick, and we know what getting white sides like, and what you know. So we know this. <laughs> right, right. Of course. Um, but I think that the run on wide receivers is probably going to start at eleven with the Jets, and and you're going to see. 11, 12, 13, Jets, Raiders, Niners, like probably one, two, three wide receivers come off the board right there. And then the Eagles have the Jags right ahead of them. So you could see Justin Jefferson at that point come off. And so what do you do? I mean, like the fact that they really need a linebacker too, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's at that point, if all if those top four wide receivers are off the board, then I feel like they have to go linebacker because there are some really talented ones. Well, but I know that's not their bad. I was I just going to say that. that that's not that's not Jim John or that's not Jim Jack. That, that's not Jim Schwartz's thing. He he's not a linebacker guy. And, and right, somebody brought but the whole the whole NFL's not linebacker guys now, right? True. I mean, that's just that's just the way it's evolved. Somebody, I know. Well, they like the linebacker safeties now, right? Somebody brought up the idea of Nigel Bradham is still out there, and oh, would you consider bringing Nigel Bradham back if you can't get a linebacker second or third round? Because what I guess at this point. Jatavis Brown is like the is that their their best linebacker by default? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like you have what Nathan? I thought Malcolm Jerry Jenkins TJ. Was, yeah, Malcolm Jenkins would yeah, have right? been their best linebacker <laughs> at this point. No, that's true. That's a great point. But you, you have guys like Patrick Queen from LSU who he is super fast. He's great in coverage. He plays sideline to sideline, and a lot of people have him as their top linebacker. So. If he's there, uh, you know, even if a guy like um, – I'm trying the, to think the of the – The Oklahoma guy was supposed to be pretty good, right? Right. Yeah, were, that's they, who – They were talking him up. I can't remember his name. 
Kenneth Murray, Kenneth Murray, right? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think so. <laughs> I if you say so. Just, just agree. So just with names just, and teams just running the, around. Just agree with Kern. It's his birthday. <laughs> so. I don't it's know. your birthday? Yeah. Yeah, it's my birthday. Birthday, Mike. I had no idea. I would have brought you a present. I'm thirty. I'm thirty-three. She lives near. She lives near a Jack in the Box, Mike. She could send you like a care package of tacos. No, no. She could go to a, go through the drive-through. Yes. Jack in the box and yeah. send me, and I'll get them in some form. Yeah. It'd be awesome. It's the current special. I'm the, on it. Yeah. Oh, two for a buck. <laughs> and they also, I mean. The thing, they, as much as they need a wide receiver, they do not need some of these other positions addressed too, right? I mean, they could still use another cornerback, maybe, right? Or, oh or my god, they're a weak at a lot of places. I mean, they, they yeah. got to they got to do some replacing on the offensive line because you can't uh-huh. count on Lane Johnson being there forever. You can't count on on Jason Kelsey is year to year at this point. See, that's right. why I see I can see them in their in their mind trading out of twenty one if if the if the wide receivers aren't there. And trying to pick up an extra pick. I, I think they got to go somewhere. up. I think they got to go up again either. Or, 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 uh, I don't think they're going up. I, I think they got to go get, Ru- uh, you know, Henry Ruggs or, uh, uh, or Jerry Judy. Judy. Jerry Judy. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd even wait for Jefferson at this point. No, I, I think those are like the, the top three guys. I think CD, CD Lamb will probably go first. Yeah. Um, Arizona which, by wants the way. Them. Yeah, I mean Arizona wants every wide receiver ever. Like that's just like their thing. Well, Kyler just, Murray like, really wants wide them. Receivers. Kyler Murray wants him because he played with them. Right, so it makes sure. sense. It's like a perfect fit. Uh, which, by the way, CD Lamb, I talked to him at the combine, and would you believe that uh, he's never owned a CD in his life, like a physical world. CD? World, because he's so young. I was like, wait, really? <laughs> Are you what? You don't like you never had like a case logic or anything. Now, like now that? you know how I feel, Colleen, when they talk about cassettes. Yeah. Let's be honest, Kern. Eight, tra- eight tracks for you, okay? No, I never had. I never had an eight track in my life. You never had an eight track, okay? No, I didn't. Kyle, really? I was a, vi- I was a vinyl guy, and then I, I went right to cassettes. I guess I don't know. You just leapfrogged. Uh, <laughs> imagine that. I, I I lost my train of thought here. This draft, we were, we were leap we were leapfrogging. Kevin. Yes. Listen, we could talk about eight tracks. I had my parents had a Lincoln with one in it, so my my my, my dad <laughs> I know had about eight tracks. My dad had a whole hi fi system with eight tracks, and he had Ooh. he had Barry Manlow eight tracks, which for a Philly cop was like really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Tough Guy listening to Manlow on a hi fi, but that's a whole different story. I love uh, it. Um, this draft really revolves around when Tua gets picked. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because he's I mean, I think that he's the guy. It's always about the quarterbacks. Every draft every year is always about where the quarterbacks are going to go. And Joe Burrow seems to be the undisputed number one overall guy because of the medicals with Tua and because of the history. And I think it's interesting that now all of a sudden we're hearing about Tua falling. Right. It's like without fail. At like the week before the draft, you always start to hear about one of those top quarterbacks, one of those top players that mm-hmm. are like suddenly mysteriously falling, even though nothing happened, nothing was different. And I honestly just feel like that's the, that's the Dolphins putting that out there. Yeah. So then they'll be able to get him. Although it's an interesting I, thing. Justin Herbert's pretty good. And, you know, anybody who watched Oregon play this year, he had some bad games, but he looked really good at times you could do this isn't like ryan leaf you know what i mean 
Or it's not Marcus right. Mariota for that. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ryan Leaf was really good in college. Okay. That wasn't the problem. But he wasn't what set to be an NFL <laughs> quarterback. The guy from Oregon, I, you don't know what he's going to be at the next level. Ryan Leaf was legitimately great in college. He just turned out to be a putz. Uh, you know? But, I mean, if they go Justin Herbert, yeah. it's not a bad pick. No, yeah. but I, I, I feel like everyone that I've talked to so far – has been like if Tua did if we were able to know 100% that Tua is good like he would be absolutely the pick over Burrow in terms yeah. of talent so i think that Tua is the quarterback with undoubtedly the highest ceiling of all of the quarterback prospects so yeah. I, I think it's i think it's hard because this year with like the with the way that the lockdowns and everything with the pandemic i think that it's been really hard for teams because they're not going to want to take risks this year. Yeah. What about that kid? Love is it? Love Jordan Love. Jordan yeah. Love from Utah and State. And there's like some people think he's really, you know, going to be that guy, and some people aren't sold on him. And you could almost like I heard people talking about maybe the Patriots taking him, or if he if he lasts that long. But I mean, what do you think of him? I mean, he could end up being better maybe than some of the guys who go real high. Yeah, I, I mean, it's true. I think I think it's a crapshoot. I think that. I think Jordan. I think that there could actually be four, four quarterbacks that go in the first round, and that's on the high side. That's like the most that could happen. I think realistically, it'll probably be just three. That uh, Justin Herbert. I think the Tua will go before Justin Herbert, but I think it'll be those three guys that go. And I think that you know, I think once we actually see this play out on an NFL field, I think that Joe Burrow will have immediate success because of his just the confidence that he plays with. And, and he, I think the, yeah, the situation that, that kind of he's in, which will be so weird to like talk about the Bengals. Right. <laughs> just in general. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, I think Justin Herbert um, and Jordan Love could also have some success too. I mean, it really is. It just, it's kind of luck too. You don't like some of these guys, they really have to be paired with, the right coach and the right system, like the right mentality, the right coaching style, the right pieces. There's so much that has to be in place for quarterbacks to have success. And there's still something to me about Burrow. He was great this year. He'd been the greatest season a college quarterback ever had. But he had one. Right. And that doesn't mean he can't have more. And he right. can't be and like you said, he's going to the Bengals. Yeah. Right. They don't have the greatest track record of whatever. Or quarterbacks. And, and the guy who's going to be the number one pick next year might be better than all these guys. And you almost hate to think it, but Joe Burrow may be going to Cincinnati, or since there's an, might be an added pressure on Cincinnati to draft him because he's an Ohio guy. And right. for them to sell tickets and all that, you don't make business decisions that way. Say what you want about Andy Reid. Everybody here wanted Ricky Williams back in 99. Andy Reid made the right pick with Donovan McNabb. Yeah, but yeah. he would have taken Tim Couch if he had the first pick. Well, that's said, true, too. But, you know, I mean, that's why, it's a crowd. that's why we watch. Because you're not going to know the answers for this for three or four years. Colleen, in those cases. I got to ask you. We got a couple minutes here. One, when you were at Sportsnet, what was it like working with Barkan? Oh, I love Michael Barkan. I love him. He is, he is a zillion miles an hour at all times. You so were you were behind the scenes, we should point out. You were not in front of yeah. the camera. Did you always want to get in front of the camera or was that were you kind of happy with that role at that point? I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> I, I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I 
when I was uh, when I was there, I was the booking producer, so I would text you guys and be like, "Hey, can you come on Daily News Live or, or whatever?" Uh, but I was trying to just like do different things, and they put me on the air a couple times there, and I was like, "Oh, I can do this. This is this is no big deal." So I remember when I left there. I went to go work for a small production company uh, that was in the suburbs. And CCI? I had so many CCI. The great <laughs> sports I, debate. The yes. Yes. And you know, what's so funny about that is uh, I met one of my best friends in the entire world uh, to this day that was working at CCI with me. She was one of the editors there and she and I both got job offers in Los Angeles the same week. And we ended up taking the jobs and she had like gone on and started working in Chicago or whatever else. But it was really weird because we met at CCI and then I got the job at NFL Network and she got a job and then we both moved to Santa Monica. (laughs) I got to tell you something, Colleen, when when you see people like 15 years ago or whatever it was, 10, 15, doing what you were doing then and, you know, doing a good job and to see where you got to. (laughs) <laughs> is no really it's it's like remarkable to to me to see people that we saw when they were whatever come up you know in the business and be and even like in Kevin's case I mean I saw Kevin when he was you know doing high schools and doing Teddy and everything and him, for him to become the beat writer of the Phillies and and, and you in your case man you know, it served me well these years hasn't it but, <laughs> but he had to overcome Marion John <laughs> right you know you just had to overcome that man. That's a whole different story. We've all had to face adversity. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished and are going to accomplish. You know, you've got a lot more in you, I'm sure. How much do you miss? Thank you so much. How much do you miss it back here? Oh, I miss it terribly. I'm like my family's there, my friends, John's family, all of all of my college friends. And let me just tell you. Oh wait, hey. It's look, John. Look just appeared. Speak of the devil. Oh it's my Gonzo. goodness! It's Gonzo. <laughs> hey, oh wait, here. Hold on, hold on. I gotta give him an earbud. Oh, he's getting. He's getting an earbud. <laughs> hey, Gonz. I was thinking about the 2009 Final Four when you and I went to a Greek restaurant and we shared a dessert, and you looked at me like, "Was really like?" If we're going to share, and I said, I'm not hungry. I can't eat the full dessert. And you shared a dessert with me. Listen, uh, it's wonderful to see your smiling faces. I would share a dessert with you again in a heartbeat. How come every, uh, but, people, but people were looking at us funny. We had, we've had many, many moments on the road together where people looked at us funny. That was just one of them. Augusta, Augusta Georgia. You made it to Augusta. Oh, I remember yeah. that. I remember stories about that. His eyes, his eyes were, were like that. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. It's so big, it knocked Kern's video monitor out of here, so. No, my, my, my grandson's calling me to wish me happy birthday. Uh, well, go take it. <laughs> okay. Kyle, Kyle, I appreciate it. Gons, be good. Oh. It was, it, was, it was wonderful yeah. to see your faces, both of you. Hey, it, it's awesome to see it. Con- Colleen, congratulations on your success, and good luck next week with the draft, whatever form it takes for you guys uh, at NFL Network. So, Thank you, and happy birthday to Mike. Uh, he's happy gone already. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Colleen Wolf and John Gonzalez joining us here on Work of the Bee, and we'll be back right after this. It's a Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Work It to Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. 
Now your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work of the Beat podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work in the Beat podcast family. Our thanks to Colleen Wolf and John Gonzalez. A little bonus of uh, Gonzo there uh, here on Work of the Beat. And uh, what is John doing now? He's working. John's for working for the Ringer. For the what? The Ringer. Okay, that's like an athletic sort of. It's the Bill Simmons site. He he's one of the you, NBA okay. writers. He's actually done some really good stories on the process and everything that. Uh, well, him and Bill Simmons are of similar off-the-wall kind of tendency. So that probably is a good matchup. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? John actually, John, when he was at Comcast and when John was uh, at the Inquirer, some of their his, I don't want to say, I'm not sure it's investigative work, but his, his news background work, like he did a lot of the Paterno-Sandusky stuff at that point. Right. Uh, with our buddy John Finger. And it was excellent. Like, you know, scene painting, uh, more in-depth stories, everything was out of this world good and, and john's a great writer and and john's a really good buddy too so uh yeah traveling with him during the playoffs uh in 08 for the phillies was was outrageous yeah you outrageous. were at the final four in 09 weren't you i was not that was dom okay. that was constantino was i think was there I, okay right 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 because john and i he was i was at there. spring training okay yeah because we were out there and you know we had dinner a couple nights um and like I said, it was funny. The one night we went to this Greek restaurant, I don't know, there must have been like eight, nine of us. And we ate a lot. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, do you want dessert? And I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, they had some real good dessert. But I, I said, I can only eat like half of this. So I looked at somebody. I said, you want to share this with me? And John looked at me like funny. He goes, yeah, I'll share it with you. <laughs> but he gave me this look like people don't usually share desserts, Mike. And I'm like, I know. Not unless but, there's like candlelight involved. Well, there, there probably was candlelight involved. <laughs> I don't want to know that. I think it was, I'm almost sure it was a Greek restaurant because, um, now nah, that was, we, we did go to a Greek restaurant one night because I haven't been to a lot of Greek restaurants in my life. Right. Um, and you know, Joe Giuliano, whenever you take him somewhere, not Italian his comfort zone, he's a little, um, but it worked. We, we, we made it work. Um, you know, listening to Colleen, getting back to the draft talk and everything and, and, and looking at the NFL schedule. Everybody's flying blind right now. And the NFL seems like they're even acknowledging that with pushing the schedule release back. And while they're trying to have business as usual, they know it's not business as usual going forward. You can't have, look, I don't care what the president says tonight. I, I understand the co- the country has to start to get back to something. And if you can ensure me that every business in America could keep six foot distancing and everybody's going to wear a mask if they go into an office, you know, hey, let's try it. Let, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. But like Colleen was quick to point out, now that you've had an NFL player, you know, test positive, things can shut down in a hurry Yeah, if you come back too fast. And I just think, you know, the, the people that kind of say we're not going to have anything till 2021, except maybe the NFL in some form, maybe some kind of Major League Baseball with no fans. Mm-hmm. Maybe an NBA playoff with the NBA or the NHL go to one site, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of have some kind of 
abbreviated playoff. Um, and that might do people a lot of good. I, I, you know, it'll be different. We know it's going to be different. Um, but, you know, it, it gives you something. Um, I just think we have to be real careful about it and listen to these medical people who are telling us to tread, take baby steps. You know, take take baby steps. I don't think America is going to take baby steps. When um, when we look at the draft itself, and the draft is a crapshoot. We we both have said this, and their record is you, not. You can have you can Kevin. You can have the third pick in the draft. It can be a crapshoot, as we learned the year Donovan McNabb was taken, because the as all he the was players taken around him stunk. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he was the best of the be- of that top three, which was him, Kelly Smith, Kelly Smith, and yeah. And uh, Couch, and, and I mean, Ricky Williams had some moments. He wasn't a total bust, but. No, but there was other issues with Ricky Williams. Yes. That were not obvious on draft day, To And you mentioned Ryan Leaf, and there was people who would have taken Ryan Leaf number Over one. Drew Bledsoe, yeah. Um, over Peyton Manning, excuse me, not Drew over Bledsoe. Over Peyton Manning, I mean, you know. Rick Meyer, was- Drew Bledsoe, uh, Rick Meyer, Drew Bledsoe was another one. And I liked Ryan Leaf, but I thought Peyton Manning was the biggest no-brainer on the face of the planet. What was the other one you just said, Meyer and who? Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, but, you know, people, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, Drew Bledsoe was really good. You could probably find another 10 examples of that. I mean, Todd Marino, who was the line, the lineman that was the big steroid guy that got taken by the Packers? Oh, no, no, Tony Mandarich. Mandarich. You know, I mean, you know, who knows? Sometimes the Eagles have moved up in the draft to pick like 14 and pick the wrong guy. You know, it's it happens, and it also does reveal itself in time. Look, Eagles moved up to get Brandon Graham, and for the first five years of Brandon Graham's career here in Philadelphia, you go, Ugh. now Brandon let's Graham. Be let's be honest, Brandon Graham had a one great play in the Super Bowl. Okay, well, he had a really good year that, that year. But what I'm saying, Kevin, is if you're going to have a seven or eight year career, and basically you have you know one or two pretty good years, and and a and a, a great play in a Super Bowl, I'm not going to say you're a boss, but I, I don't think moving up to get him was, you know, the greatest move in the world. He, no, but but me. But I don't think it'll be judged, obviously, as harshly because of that one great play in the Super Bowl and because of the way he's right. kind of been embraced in the That's city. Fine. He's a great person from right. what everybody says. And I believe he's, he's, he's not the worst, you know, he's not a bust. Right, but for, but for what I'm saying is, no, when, when you move up to get somebody, you better be certain you're I think getting the you right guy. Be getting more than what they got out of Brandon Graham, because for the first four or five years of his career, most people said, "What's he done?" And and look, I give him all the credit in the world for hanging in there. He got paid well, and and he, he has been better. Um, and now he's probably about to hit the downside of his career because he's getting to that age. But you know, if you're going to move up. You, you're not going to hit every time, but you got to hit more times than not. And I think the Eagles have moved up a lot, not to, and not really made out well from it. But you got to take wide receiver here, don't you? Well, I think it it all depends what you think of the fifth best wide receiver, whomever that might be. Because if you're not going to move up, and I don't think they have the wherewithal to move up, well, they do have dra- they the, do have a couple draft picks in the third and fourth round that maybe you could right, package. but they've they've picked they've had less draft picks than any team in the league the last two years, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be given too many draft picks away again to have because that's how you, your team gets screwed up when you have to go through free agency all the time to get players. So if they're talking about moving up two or three slots, yeah, maybe you can do that. But, you know, uh, she was mentioning 
like the four teams are also looking at wide receivers that are ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of these mock draft guys have them looking maybe at linebacker or um, cornerback or trading down. But but this is why, to be honest, you know, this is, I know what you're saying that you don't, you haven't had a lot of draft picks. You haven't had a lot of draft success over the last couple of years. And you haven't, uh, you literally have not been picking in good spots either. Okay. But considering the fact that you didn't go address this in free agency in any meaningful way, okay, you have to, I think, move up or you have to be aggressive to get one of these guys. I don't, if you can't, but again, if, you, if know, you can't, you got to go above and beyond. It may hurt. Yeah, but, and then you better make sure the guy you, t- not all these four guys are going to be good. No. So you could take rugs and, and he could turn out not to be as good as everybody thinks. And then you've given up maybe a second round pick or a third round pick. And now all of a sudden you're only making like one pick in like the first three rounds. And I don't know if the Eagles can afford to do that given all the holes they have. Yeah. Because after this, there's no more free agency. I mean, after this, you got to deal with what you got. Um, In a year where, like you said, you know, you're not going to have a lot of time to acclimate things and, and whatever. They need so many things. And let's just say for the sake of argument that Deshaun Jackson comes back and is a lot better. There's what we maybe thought he could be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know what Jeffrey's going to be. I, I have no idea. Exactly. Who knows if he's so going to be here. Right. But if you got a receiver, even if he wasn't a stud receiver, but just somebody, and, I, you know, maybe Whiteside improves and gives you something. Um, and you do have two pretty good tight ends. So my whole thing is, as we talked before, you have to give Carson Wentz all the weapons you can. And like you mentioned earlier, too, their line could use a little freshening. Um, so, yeah, given if one of those, and, and the word is now that how Howie's in love with the guy from Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, does that mean that he's going, I mean, how high do you have to move up to get him? You know, top 10, 11, 12? I, I, I know what you're saying. You can't I, get there. You, you're not going to get there. So, does Howie then say, well, if we can't get that guy, I, I'm, I'm moving back to 34 and picking up uh, picking up the 45th pick or something. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who they like on the board. I don't know, you know how they have these other guys valued. And the other value um, you have to watch is how they value Greg Ward after what you saw at the end of last year. Does Greg Ward fit in their plans? I mean, I, I got to tell you something. From, and, I, and I'm usually not a guy who sees a guy two or three games and goes, oh, yeah. I don't see how Greg Ward can't be on this team, not as the second receiver, you know, but as like the fourth guy. Or fifth. He showed me a lot. Now, maybe that was just a flash in the pan, but here was a guy who waited for his chance for an awful long time. Mm-hmm. And when he got the chance, he produced. And, you know, the quarterback seemed to like him because he would throw the ball to him. Um, well, I mean, I don't know him and Boston Scott. Whenever we do get the training camp, are going to be the two fascinating guys to watch here on where they fit in. Boston Scott, no, no, but where they fit in in their respective positions. Well, the other thing is, I mean, what if? And I think Jeffries has a problem with the quarterback, and I think that is a problem, and maybe even in the locker room, and maybe you don't want him. But what if Jeffries has a season like he had in 2017, or or sort of close to that? But we're now three years removed. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying that, but and, and let's say Deshaun gives you 75 or 80% of what you thought you were going to get last year. You know, then if you, and if Whiteside gives you something, 
and now you draft a wide receiver. I mean, maybe the Eagles are looking at it like we can get a wide receiver in the second round. I don't know. I, I, I you know, is there a guy? They have they, to address something offensively here. Who's they the do. guy from Penn State that some people were high on? The, the small receiver. Hammer. Yeah, Hammer. I mean, some people were high on him. They, you know, they think, uh, you know and I know. Some receiver taken in the third round is going to turn out to be better than somebody taken 12th. You know that and I know that because that's just the way the game goes. But you have to be, you know, you want to make sure you're on the right side of that pick. How you do that, I I don't know. But all, all four of those picks can't be studs, I don't think. No, I think the one thing you have to worry about is you just have to make sure you have more weapons for the quarterback right now. And, I think and that they didn't address any of that in the offseason. What you have to do in this draft, to me, is get two players that have an immediate impact on Be, your team. And, and, Mike, I say that. like Whatever position. Right, and especially like because position. of the fact that, you know, and we mentioned this with Colleen. You do, and Marcus's column I thought was dead on the money. You do have a, a, a gigantic advantage in this circumstance than the Cowboys or the Giants or the Redskins. I, I don't think so much over the Cowboys only because they have a veteran quarterback, they have a veteran team, and a coach who's won a Super Bowl. I think Redskins and the Giants weren't very good to begin with, and I agree with you. I think like a Matt Rule in Carolina, a guy coming out of college, this is going to be almost a lost year for Matt. But I think Dallas can still be a formidable, can challenge them for the division. But it could be one of those that you get, they may get could off be. to a slow start could as be. everything well, gets you know, going. You just hand the ball to Dak and say, dude, go do something, and Dak could do it. Um, or, or Zeke, yeah. Or Zeke. But, um, yeah, the Eagles, I think, though, do have an advantage. You're right. They have the quarterback, the coach. But I think they have to get – I mean, look, we don't know what the tackle they drafted in the first round is going to be like this year. What if he stinks? What if he's not as good as what they thought? Would That's you, another hole. Would you bring Dillard or Peters back? Well, I think they've already made or not Dillard, not Dillard, uh, uh, Brad, uh, Bradham on I the mean, linebacker I, side. I mean, I, I'm not thrilled. I, I think Jason Peters still has a little bit left in the tank. It all depends how much Jason Peters wants to be paid and can you afford to do that? And are you willing to then tell Dillard for the second year in a row, you know, you're not ready to start yet? Um, which is admitting he's a bust in a way. Well, it's just admitting that he's not ready yet. Um, and the way the Eagles value linebackers, it just doesn't seem like – I mean, we got to see how much they miss Malcolm Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And I know Malcolm wasn't the same player he was a couple years ago. You know, that that, ha- but he was still pretty good. And he played almost like a linebacker for them, kind of. And now they got to fill that void. And that's a big void. I mean, they got the, the, the cornerback from Detroit – if he's as good as they as he's supposed Darius to Slay. be, Darius Slay. That's a big addition. I mean, uh, that's you know that's a huge. It's huge. Addition. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but again, I, I still have some major, major questions going forward about kind of, kind of just the approach this offseason. I I haven't been in love with what they've done, and maybe it it changes next Thursday night. Um, well, what wide receiver would you have gone after? I mean, I. I you got to tell me who you would have went after. I don't, I don't the, know. I don't have the list in front of me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there was a big mark. I mean, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson I mean, would have been a pretty good uh, But you got to pay Robbie Anderson a lot of money. And I don't know if Robbie Anderson. Look, 
This is the way I look at well, the Eagles. All right, the way we, could they we have made have, could they have made a trade with Houston for DeAndre Hopkins? Well, I don't know. I don't know what you know if they talked. I have no idea what if they talked or you know. And and again, were you going to give DeAndre Hopkins a hundred million dollars or whatever he wanted? You know, it's easy for me to say trade for DeAndre Hopkins and pay him all the money, and then Zach Ertz is going to walk in the next afternoon and say, "Where's mine?" You know, you, you got to be careful with those things. It, it's it's easy to say get him because of his talent, but now we got to get we got to open up the bank vault for him, and, and maybe that's a good thing. I'm not saying it's not, but you bring a guy in from the outside and give him all the money, uh, that can cause some problems sometimes. How about Emmanuel Sanders? I like Emmanuel Sanders, but I don't think he's an answer. Like he, you're looking for a guy. You want the guy, and we all want the guy because we got a quarterback who needs the guy. If I were the Eagles, the way I would look at this, if they, if they don't help themselves substantially at the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. I would try to do what New England did for years and use those two tight ends to the best of my ability, even if you can't stretch the field. But when the Patriots used Hernandez and and uh, Gronk, and I'm not saying these two guys are Hernandez and Gronk, but they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hertz is an All Pro. Goddard looks like he's decent, pretty good. You got to figure out things that you can do with them. You got a pretty good running back, I think, an explosive running back. Um, it would really help this year if 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 um, Deshaun could give you a little bit glimpse back. You know, if if Deshaun could just be the guy that could run downfield. And maybe once or twice a game, catch a pass. That could be huge. Um, but you know, Jeffrey's kind—the whole Jeffrey's thing—is screwing them up. Yeah, you know? it is. And you know, it, it's going to go down as one. That, that's on Howie. I mean, that's on Howie because he did that, and he didn't necessarily have to do it. Um. I, by the way, let's give kudos to your former. Um, your former, uh, pa- well, you're, you're always your paper, but uh, the Inquirer, I thought it's interesting. They're doing a bracket right now of the best player in Philadelphia, the best pro athletes in of Philadelphia, that Philly's best pro athletes of all time, a 60-14 bracket. Well, I, I know who should win, but uh, should, that's... Should, should be Will. Right? Well, and people are just idiots, but the audience that's going to vote in that probably will vote for like Allen Iverson because that's what they'll do. It should be it, your final four. And I don't, I haven't seen the bracket. Well, it's broken Schmitty. down by team. Okay. Schmitty should be the Phillies guy. Yeah. Schmitty's the ones. Uh, let me give you the four one seats. Right. Schmitty. Right. Clark. Right. W- will and Reggie. Who, who's the last one? Reggie white. Um, see, I could make an argument that Reggie, like, I I understand Reggie, but like if you gave me another name or two, uh, I could almost go. I mean, Reggie spent how many years here? Five. I think it was like eighty six. I want eighty five. I want to say to ninety two. I didn't think. Yeah, he came, he came from the end of the USFL. So okay, well maybe maybe I'm wrong then. But I mean, you could certainly make a case for Chuck Bednarik. Um, you know. I don't know. I mean, you you could make a case for Donovan, but I don't think that would happen. Um, By the way, Donovan's a six seed in this. Six seed. Who are the four ahead of? The five. Well, I know one. Who's the other four? Benerick is two. 
right? Steve Van Buren, three. Okay. Dawkins, four. Okay. Pete Fia's five. See, I look, um, I, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd put Pete Pete. Well, look, Pete Pios is in the Hall of Fame. That's fine. But you you got three do you, guys. Do you want the guys behind him? Well, you got three guys from the fifties and the forties. Nobody's going to vote for any of those guys. Right. So seven you know, seven uh, he's matched up against Tommy McDonald. Tommy's pretty good. As an eleven. Yeah, Tommy's pretty good. Seven is Harold Carmichael. Yeah. Yep. Eight is Randall. Yep. Nine is Jaworski. Yep. Uh, ten is Brookshire. Okay, where's Wilbur? Wilbur is the sixteen. <laughs> and where's where Shady? Shady's not on the list. Well, oh so no, 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 no! Wait. No, nah, see, well, that's wrong. He, he's the old. No, Shady is twelve. Shady is twelve. Okay, that that's fair. That's fair, and that, that's a pretty good list. I mean, but the problem you have is, like, some people nowadays, it's not their fault. They don't know who Chuck Benaric is. No. They don't know. I mean, and you're voting in different eras. You're voting on a guy that played in the 40s in Steve Van Buren. And while he was great, um, you know, I I would probably, if I was voting Eagles, I'd probably go Benaric. But but if you want to vote Reggie, I'm not going to argue with Reggie. You know, you want want me to go down the, uh, some of these other lists here? Sure. All right. Uh, Give me the team and we'll do it. Flyers. All right. Clark is one. Bernie's two. Bernie's two. Right. Barber's three. Right. Lindros four. Right. Markow five. Rick McLeish. Yeah, okay. Rick McLeish is six. Right. Seven is Tim Kerr. Right. Eight is John LeClaire. That's a pretty good eightsome. Nine is Reggie Leach. Yeah. Ten is Brian Prop. Yep. 11 is Claude Giroux, who I think probably deserves to be a little higher, but okay. Probably. I, I could see him maybe around eight. 12 is Gagne. Yeah. 13, Desjardins. Uh-huh. 14, Mark Recchi. Yep. 15, Ron Hextall. Yep. 16, Rick Tockett. It's a pretty good list. I mean, I'm sure if we thought about it, we could maybe come up with a name or two that we could put in there, but that's a that's, that's a, a pretty, pretty good rep- list. I can't argue with that one. No, that's a that's a good list. All I right. thought the Eagles was a good list. I, you know. All right, Sixers, ready? I think the Phillies are the one that's going to have the most controversy, but okay. Wilt one, right? Irvin two, yep. Iverson three, yeah. Barkley four, right? Moses five, yep. Billy Cunningham six, Doff mm-hmm. Shea seven. Mm-hmm. Hal Greer, eight. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Nine Embiid. Okay. Chet Walker, 10. Yep. Mo Cheeks, 11. Yep. Doug Collins, 12. Okay. Bobby Jones, 13. Okay. Uh, 14 Andrew Tony. Yep. 15 George McGinnis. Yep. 16 Ben Simmons. Yeah, I. I- yeah, and like you said, in the last three decades, there's not a lot of them. No, uh, there's I'm one. Sure. There's three, and two of them are still playing. Yeah, and I, I'm sure. Like I said, I, I think that's a pretty darn good list. I'm glad they put Tony in, um, because Tony deserves to be there. I'll be honest. Um, I I know this is sacrilege for some people. Andrew Tony in his prime, and Allen Iverson in his prime. That's the three fourteen matchup. I may take Andrew Tony. Yeah, but but. And and I would not necessarily disagree with you, but Allen Iverson was uh, that, yeah, more, I get more of a transcendent player, transcendent, whatever, 
Um, Tony was great, but not great. He was a you know you know what I'm saying. He fits so well with whatever that team well, it's was. Almost like to me, Mo Cheeks was a great point guard, but he wasn't great. You know, right. like he wasn't great. Like Magic is great, or mm-hmm. or other guys who played the position. But he and that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And if Tony had not hurt his feet and played three or four more years, first of all, the Sixers might have won another title um, with that group. But he would have been in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was on track for it. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame. And and since he doesn't talk, you know, he never talks about himself. Or you know, him Cheeks never talks about himself either. But um, people have forgotten about him. He's just a forgotten guy. But that's okay. He, he you know. All right. All right, here's the Phillies. And this is where I'm going to I'm expecting some groans, but okay. Mike Schmidt, 1. Carlton, 2. Mhm. 3 Robin Roberts. Mhm. Grover Cleveland Alexander, 4. Yeah, that's from way back, but he was great. Ashburn, 5. Right? Rollins, 6. Okay. Utley, 7. Mhm. Ed Delahanty, 8. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Cole Ham- Cole Hamill's nine. Yeah, might be a little high. Uh, ten is Kurt Schilling. Yep. Eleven is Ryan Howard. Okay. Twelve is Dick Allen. Yep. Thirteen is Jim Bunning. Okay. Fourteen is Roy Halladay. Okay. Chuck Klein is fifteen. Yep. Darren Dalton is sixteen. Yeah, and I'm sure, again, if we went through, there might be some guy. I mean, Chuck Klein was pretty good. Um, one year, a guy, he, I don't know if he had like 160, 70 RBIs or something or some. Where is Chuck Klein? Uh, Chuck Klein's a 15, yeah. No. Yeah. No. I think what, Chuck Klein might hold the record. I could be wrong about this. I used to notice stuff like the back of my hand. He had a triple crown. Triple crown, was it? But one of those guys, I think, holds the record for most RBIs in a season. It's like a, a, a phenomenal number. It's like 170. Yeah, it is. So, like, and he was the only guy on those teams. Like, well, they stunk. They, they were stunk awful. For Thirty years. Yeah, but so so that's one where, but you have to be a hundred years old, you, you know, to or to understand that people just don't. Um, and that's not their fault. You know, it's 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 it is what it is. But I think, to me, the four number one seeds should win. The f- they, I mean, you know, if, if you Bernie, Carlton, Bernie could win uh, but, the, but the flyer Bobby bracket. Was, Bobby was Bobby was in every like to me goalies and pitchers. Man, goalies not so much because they play almost that. Yeah, but goalies and pitchers you got to judge them a little differently. Um, Bobby Bernie had like four or five really good years because he got traded away, so it would have been like from seventy two to seventy six, seven whenever he hurt his eye. Um, Clarkie was there for a long time. And he was the heart of that team. You know, I mean, he was, yeah, every, everything revolved around him. Schmidt's the best third baseman probably in the history of the game, mm-hmm. um, or certainly in the conversation. Wilt's Wilt. And <laughs> at the risk of sounding like Sonny Hill, like there's no way you could take anybody other than Will Chamberlain. Julius Irving's really good. Here, here's Julius will thing. tell you Wilt. <laughs> Kevin. Here's a funny thing. ESPN is doing this thing now because of the Michael Jordan thing. Yeah. You know, they're having, and so the discussion today was like, who? well, who else should be considered for greatest player ever, you, you know, with Michael? And you're talking to some of their experts, like Jackie McMullen and, yeah, somebody. And, you know, and they basically they all mentioned Will. Like, like they would mention like six, eight names. Yeah. And Will would be mentioned. 
but somebody came on, and I can't remember who, who I was listening to, but anyway, they basically said, well, the, if the greatest winner was Russell. Okay, I, I'm with you. The greatest winner was Russell. And there was the, the oh, and they said, and the greatest player, the most accomplished player was Kareem. Well, Wilt holds seven, and I'm not knocking Kareem because I think Kareem's one of the most underappreciated mm-hmm. players of all time. Um, and the greatest college player of all time. With Russell probably being seven. Well, he should have been the greatest college player of all time. But well, yeah. and Russell's probably number two on that list. But what I'm saying is Wilt holds 72 records. If you go to the NBA record book, 72. Okay, I don't know how many Michael has. I remember reading it once. Maybe it's 15 or 8 or whatever the number is. 72. Yeah. Most of which will never be broken. Nope. Okay, like the 100-point game, the the 50-point season. They didn't keep blocks in those days, or him and Russell would have owned every block shot record. So all I'm saying is, I get it that, that Wilt wasn't maybe always as focused and didn't win as many titles and as, as Russell. Russell had better teams most of the time. Um, the two times that Wilt had the best teams, they were two of the greatest teams in NBA history. So to me, the argument ends. If, if you, you put the three centers, you put out Cinder, I mean, Kareem, Russell, and Wilt over here. They're in their own separate category. And then you take Michael, LeBron, Kobe, who, you know, whoever you want to throw, Oscar Robertson, and then you, you pick from amongst them who you think the greatest non-center was. Because, you know, they did a thing, when they did the college basketball thing, I thought it was hilarious. Pete Maravich was like a 13 seed. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's that kind of cheap. Pete Maravich averaged 44 a game in a non-three-point era. But, see, this is the world we live in. Everything is justified by who watched ESPN or who, you know. I mean, even like, to me, Christian Leitner is one of the greatest college basketball players ever. You might not like Christian Leitner, and he, he he was a good pro. He averaged 17 points a game in the pros. That's not chopped liver. But tell me how many guys had a better college career than him. Yeah, you know, I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I'm just, you know, and look, we admit this is part of just filling time that, that for networks and everything. And, and Oh, yeah. That's how you end up with a horse tournament um, that nobody seems to like. Um, but... You know, it's a great debate, but to me, Will, Will is the, you can make an argument that Will, Joe Frazier, um, if you did a Mount Rushmore thing, Will, Joe Frazier should be your first two on the list from Philadelphia. Although he wasn't from Philly. But no, but he, yeah, I know, I know. What tied in with the city. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly make that case. I, I mean, look, if, if, Think about this. If Joe Frazier wins the thriller in Manila, the third fight with Ali, which he almost won. Yeah. Ali almost gave, you know. Gave him. Almost threw in the towel. Com- history would be completely different. Now, he didn't. So, you can't. You know, it's like saying, well, if Wilt won two more titles. Um, and I understand that Wilt is, people never saw him play. I never saw him play until he was older in his career. He owns 72 NBA records. There's pages in the NBA record, he's the Wayne Gretzky of basketball. You know, if you want to look at it that way. Um, and 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 I understand Michael was great. I understand that. I'm not knocking anything Michael did. But it, it, Wilt did more. It, it, and Michael went 6-0 and in finals, which is why people, and I get that. And, and Russell won 11 titles. 
But Alcindor won six titles too. Yeah. People make it sound like Michael Jordan's the only guy that ever won six titles. I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to knock Michael. And there's a part of me that thinks actually LeBron could be talked about with Michael. This weekend, obviously, we have the we have the the Bulls series coming up. Next week, we should point out, uh, Kevin Nagandi from ESPN is joining us on Friday. Uh, he will talk to us. We'll be through the first round of the NFL draft at that point, but Kevin's going to join us and talk about other stuff. Uh, got back to me. He, We've set it up for next Friday. Next Tuesday, we'll have somebody. I don't know who yet, but we will have somebody. Uh, Gonzo. Yeah, we'll, we'll call Gonzo back. You know, really, we, you know, we should have John on. You know what? I'll get, I want to get Gonzo close to the NBA draft. That's fine. Because Gonzo is a brilliant NBA mind. He knows. Absolutely. Um, so, and I got a couple other feelers. I got a couple other leads here that I think are going pretty well for guests. Uh, Obviously, Victorino still in the mix here for us. Uh, I think he's had some uh, things going on with his business. So, uh, we'll talk to him down the road. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out to a couple of the old Phillies people that I know and, uh, see if we can get them on here at some point in the next couple of weeks. Um, because, you know, it's strange. And, Mike, this is one thing I don't know how you've um, how you've felt. Um, I find myself at night. I know you've been watching shows on, on Netflix and all that. I would say the last couple of nights I've really missed baseball. More than anything. Well, of course you do. And I don't have Netflix, so I don't. I, well, I mean, I'm on demand, rather. Kevin, you're a baseball guy, okay? Of course you miss baseball. It's, it's, I don't miss it from the standpoint of, oh, the Phillies would have been playing the Braves tonight. I would, but I, I miss watching the highlights at night. Oh, how are the Phillies doing? Oh, they're six and four. Well, having okay. that option to flip over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and I, I mean, it's funny, but in my mind right now, I'm not thinking that way. Like, I'm not thinking, boy, the Sixers would be starting the playoffs tomorrow or the Flyers would be in the middle of the first round. I, I just, I can't. I, because to me, it just gets frustrating when you do that. Right. Because if you start thinking about what you don't have, so I'm just trying to look forward and saying, okay, is there going to be an abbreviated hockey playoffs? Is there going to be an abbreviated NBA? Is there going to be golf at some point? Is there going to be, you know, apparently the, the way they have the golf figured out now, well, this is really weird because golf, technically the season ends at some point right. and the new season begins. But so technically the Masters, is going to be part of next year's season. So, so it'll basically, be it'll be two Masters next season. I guess. I don't. At this point, I don't even know. But I'm looking forward to all that stuff. I just want to see how people pull it off. That Because, to me, when you're talking in April, middle of April, about something that could be happening in September, you have no clue what you're talking about because it's so i mean just think about what it was a week and a half ago or you know and then you have leagues like the mls is basically saying or the msl maybe i got it wrong mls um you know they're they're losing tons of money the xfl is probably never going to come back whether that was a good thing or a bad thing but still to some people it was it's jobs Um, yeah of course it's jobs and and there's so many things like we say all the time it's going to be infected by we're not sure that universities are going to open in september I'm hoping they will, but they got to look out for 30. If you're Temple University and you're looking out for 30,000 students, you're going to take a chance on opening before you feel comfortable opening? Well, and I actually, I I actually wanted to ask you this. And, you know, 
trying to think of the way to phrase it. Um, could this kill Temple football? It could kill anything. I mean, I think because Temple's in a league, you know, if they were still in the MAC, might not be good. Um, there's going to be some some things that aren't going to survive this. I don't know if Temple, I mean, they just signed a deal with Nike, so I think that's got to help. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, their attendance isn't all that great anyway. Um, it's a, it's a heavy travel cost. I mean, it's a lot of everything. Right. I mean, but, but they, you know, what are you going to do? They're in that league. They, until the ACC knocks on their door, they really don't have an option. No, but that ain't happening. I mean, at a point, at a point where they were really becoming a viable program. I mean, they, they were Really competitive. They have put in in basically five or six good years here. They've been relevant. Relevant. That's the word I use. Is they've for the last, let's say, decade. But for all they've been, but that's compared to what they were in the scheme of college football. They're not really that relevant. I mean, they're they're solid. They're not a power five, but they're they're okay. But they're not. Yes, they're they're competitive. They 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 go to bowl games, yes. But I still think if you take out that Notre Dame week, yeah. I mean, and Penn really, State, and Penn State week, and Penn State, sure. But really, I mean, when 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 Memphis is coming to town, I don't see a lot of people getting all excited. And they get know? Oklahoma in a couple of years here and all that. But yeah, and, and and but I'm telling you, if people think that the Oklahoma game is going to be like the Penn State or Notre Dame game, they are sadly mistaken. The Oklahoma game will probably draw like 30,000 people, which is good. But that's not a bad thing. But um, it ain't the Notre Dame game and it ain't the Penn State game. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, and they're never going to build the stadium, and that may not be a bad thing. You know, I, I mean, don't know. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, imagining a college football landscape where it doesn't play in the fall. Let's say it does play winter, spring. Okay, which mm-hmm. is what was mentioned earlier, and we talked about that in the in the intro. You're going to have nobody like if you're Trevor Lawrence. Why in the you you won't play? You're not going to play next f- spring, going into an NFL draft where you could be number one. Well, what's the difference if you play in the spring or play in the fall? Why if, would Trevor Lawrence play in the fall? Because if you're well, one in the fall, you could still go do combine. You could still do everything, getting ready for the NFL draft, and you but you could get hurt. Hold on, well, and you could also get hurt. The recovery time, if you get hurt, look, look what happened with Tua. Whether you believe Tua is a medical risk or not, in November, Tua looked like he could have fallen all the way out of the first round because we didn't know how bad the injury was. Imagine Kevin, that in I'm April. Not saying, I'm not saying there won't be certain players that might do that, but so what? What, what are you going to do? You, you can't. So let's say 20 No, but I'm saying for the in. sport. I'm saying for the sport, I don't think it's good. But the sport will – but what are your options? Your options are just to cancel the season and not play it? Okay, fine. Cancel the season and don't play it. I mean, I mean you're, 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 you're nitpicking. You're saying, well, like these things might not be right. Of course they might not be right. You're playing in March. I mean, you know, you're playing during the NCAA tournament. I mean, of course it's going to be weird. You're going to play at a um, blizzard in Happy Valley. But that, well, you could play in a blizzard in Happy Valley in November. I mean – I've seen those games before. Yeah. I'm just saying is you, you got to deal with what you got to deal with. My question would be if I'm a fall sport athlete, that's not football. And I don't know what those sports are, soccer, whatever. Are they going to play in the spring? 
Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I was an athlete of, of a sport that played in the fall and they said, well, you're not playing, but football is going to play in the spring, I'd be damn upset. Well, then you're going to have Title IX issues too. Well, I'm just saying that's yeah. it. to me. If you're going to let football players play in this, in that, then you got to let them all play. You got you got to push all the seasons back and 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 it pushes and, have them. and that becomes a very logistically problematic situation at that point. It's already going to be a logistically problem, but we're living in a logistically unique time. time. Everything that we do, and this could stretch into 2021. People aren't even factoring that in yet. In a worst, worst case scenario, and I'm not saying it's going to be, maybe next year's spring training is, is affected. Maybe the start of the next NBA season or NHL season is impacted. I don't know this. Uh, uh, you know, everybody's assuming that once we get to July, everything's going to be start great. Doing things. Exactly. You know, if the Sixers are supposed to open their NBA schedule on November the 1st, I don't know what day they open, against the Hawks at the, at the Wells Fargo, the 20,000 people are going to be in the building. I know who we should get on, actually, for Tuesday. Uh, now that we're talking about Fauci. This. Fauci. Uh, I would love to get Fauci on this. Um, we should get Jensen. Yeah. I mean, I've had these conversations with Mike. Yeah. And But the problem is... And he actually knows, just did a story on this, too. But nobody knows. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are just talking as if it's going to happen at some point. And I agree, at some point it will, but that point may not be July or August. Yeah. And when one thing gets pushed back, everything starts to get pushed back. Realistic. Well, realistically, if you're the NCAA, now we should point out, the Power Five and the NCAA in college football run on separate tracks. Like, there's no direct oversight. Um. Yeah, but they're all going to do the same thing. They're not it, all the leagues will do, they'll get together will do the same thing. Um, they're not. The SEC isn't going to play, and the Pac-12 isn't going to play. No, no. But I'm saying you may have the you may have the Power Five go. You know what? We're all going to play, and like teams like the AAC or the Conference USA or the MAC or something, they may not be able to go. Yeah, but why would they? See, I, I don't understand those. See, I, I'm confused. If 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 Alabama is going to play, why wouldn't Temple play? You know, is is it healthier in Alabama to play? Because the logist the logistics of playing a conference schedule in the SEC are a lot easier than for are, are, are the AAC. Are you talking about people showing up in Alabama Stadium? No, I'm just saying You're those programs. No, no fans. You're talking about no but oh, those no prog fans. those programs could absorb more of a hit because of their TV deals with than no, the AAC with no, or with no fans. Anything is possible. Mm -hmm. If no fans are involved, you could take this into 2021 and just say, hey, no fans till 2021, um, if that's what you wanted to do. But I think as, as colleges, if you are playing games when the universities aren't open, you look like a bunch of total assholes. You look like a bunch of money-grubbing to, to say, we're going to send 100 college football players out there, but... Nobody can go to their science class on Tuesday. Yep. They're going to do it online. Well, let them play the football game online then. Yeah. You know, I mean, that just to me is the most common sense thing in the world that if you, you, pro football is totally different. Pro pro sports, you're getting paid. You're, but, but to me, when you go to college, even though we know they're not college for a large part, they're different. But they're still part of a college environment of 20, 30, 10,000, however many people you have in your school. Mm -hmm. 
and you can't just set them aside. I, I mean, at least, at least I don't think. I think that would be so hypocritical. I do. I, I, at that point, it would be like, well, why? Oh, because we need to make money. Okay. Yeah. As long as you admit it. As long as they say why they're doing it. But you know what they'll say? America needs it. That's right. That's what they'll say. America needs it. So we have to do it. Okay. Fine. Finally, yeah. your birthday. As mentioned earlier in this uh, podcast. 7-13 will be, uh, that's when I was born. At night? Yeah. You were a night baby? Yeah. Okay. That's a rare, that's a rare thing. Why? Most people were born, most people were born in the early morning hours. I had no say on it. I, I I know you did. Yeah, I don't know. No big birthday dinner, obviously, this year, I know for you, but. Or I'm yeah. getting a, I'm getting burgers at, at uh, Red Robin. Burgers at Red Robin? Yeah, they sent me a thing for a, a birthday hamburger or something. So, so you're you're having them like deliver it? I assume. No, I pick up. I don't do delivery, Kevin. I'm not a delivery guy. No. No, I pick it up curbside. Curbside. It's what we do. Do you get cake or cookies or? I got it. I got um. I went to a bakery today. I got. I just got a donut. I, I, if we got a cake, me and my wife, when eat the cake. I got her some, some cookies. I got a cake. Well, and, you know. I should point out, and I forgot to bring this down from upstairs. My wife has a big food saver bag filled with chocolate chip cookies for you. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. I might have to, okay. You might have to leave them on your doorstep or something. Yeah, we will, we will make an arrangement. I may do a I, drop. I actually, I actually thought the idea that you had with Colleen was tremendous. What? The Jack in the Box. <laughs> it always comes back to that, doesn't it? No, but you, you, I didn't bring it up. You bought it up. I know. How did, how did you? <laughs> she could go get like, she could go get like 10, you know, 10, overnight them. Um, you got your stimulus they, cash, so why not? Yeah, and they'd be okay. You know, I mean, they, they might not be quite as good, but, uh, you know, they, they'd be okay. All right, Michael. Okay, I will see you. Yep. Thanks, man. Thanks to Colleen Wolf and John Gonzalez for joining us. Thanks to you. We'll talk to you next week here on We're Gonna Beat.